Hello and welcome to the SkyU Podcast Penn State Week edition. I'm very excited, 8-0. With me today is Iowa Gopher. Blake, how you doing? It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, We're personally very happy on the blog, not just because this is a very exciting week. We're off the bye week. We're getting to talk a lot about Penn State. We'll spend a little bit of time later in this podcast talking about the beginning of basketball season. But because it is just Blake and I, uh, we do not live in states anymore that care about hockey. I don't care what Blake says about (laughs) Illinois. We do, however, have lots of stuff to talk about Penn State. The most obvious one is Penn State comes to CCF Bank Stadium on Saturday. If you have the opportunity to go and the financial means and wherewithal, you should absolutely go. Assuming you do go, you should wear maroon. It's going to be a maroon out. And when you do, hopefully you will see a very competent product wearing maroon and gold. But we are curious about Nittany Lions who wear different colors. Blake, should we be terrified of Penn State? I don't know if terrified is the right word. Um, I, I would brace yourself for a, a challenging game is how I'd put it. Um, Penn State is obviously pretty good. Uh, if you were watching the college football playoff committee rankings being released last night or just checked them out this morning, you saw Penn State checked in number four. Um, so if the playoffs started today, they'd be the four seed. It'd be Big Ten versus Big Ten, SEC versus SEC. Um, how they got to that spot, um, they're 8 no. Uh, they've got, I think, their three best wins over Pittsburgh, Iowa, and Michigan. Pittsburgh, I think, is 6-3. and three. Um, Not a bad team, pretty good defensively. Iowa, I don't really, I'm don't, not really sure how good they are. They're ranked in the top 25. And then Michigan, um, it seems like they started to figure things out, depending on how you feel about Notre Dame. But uh, Penn State, pretty good team. Uh, I would say this is by far the best team Minnesota's faced all year. Um, and I, even, I think, if you extend it to the end of November, this is probably the best team they'll face in the regular season um, with no respect to Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a, a highly anticipated matchup and I think it's going to be between obviously two where I believe be top 15 teams, regardless of how the playoff committee feels. Um, but yeah, it should be an exciting game. So, Penn State has both an offense and a defense that may in fact be better than Fresno State. If we start on the offense, who should Minnesota be most afraid of? There's really three key players on offense for them, um, and they're all in the passing game. Uh, they really, they actually really don't have much uh, of a rushing attack, which is you know strange considering how good they've been the past couple of years. You know, first with Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, and then Miles Sanders. Um, they really like some teams talk about having. Uh, running back by committee this team literally does have a committee of running backs um they're all freshmen sophomore there's four of them i think maybe two of them have recorded double digit carries in a game this season and that and those were like one like rare occurrences um their two best backs are noah kane and journey brown kane's the guy that they kind of go to in the fourth quarter when they need to grind out yards um he's their leading rusher he's got six touchdowns 350 yards i think he's a little banged up um but he should be good to go for Saturday. But yeah, rushing attack, really not, not much to write home about. Um, the Nitty Lions are most dangerous through the air, um, which is sort of unexpected because they had to replace um, Trace McSorley, who I think was a three- or four-year starter, um, and he graduated a year ago. His replacement has been uh, a sophomore by the name of Sean Clifford. Uh, he's thrown for about 1,900 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, just three interceptions. Uh He's a pretty effective game manager. He makes a lot of good throws, and he's also contributed to um, the ground game, um, both on design runs and just you know in general extending uh, plays with his legs when the pocket collapses. But uh, 
Um, he's also benefited too from two really good um, weapons in the passing game. That's wide receiver KJ Hamler and tight end Pat Fryermouth. Fryermouth. I don't not quite try to pronounce that, but uh, let's go with Fryermouth because I like that pronunciation more. I know Fryer Fryermouth just sounds kind of like an oral typo. So yeah, Fryermouth. Sound just sound rolls off the tongue a little bit easier, but uh, to be very clear, no dis disrespect intended whatsoever. It's entirely because Blake and I are bad at pronouncing names that we're going with the name that we enjoy more, not in any way that we are taking a shot at the Penn State's tight end's name. Right, and if anything, this seems like this has become a tradition. You know, every week there's one planner team that whose name I just can't pronounce, with no disrespect to them, but uh, you know, so Penn State should feel right at home. This is just a tradition. Um, so there's KJ Hamler, Pat Fryermouth. Hamler uh, is their slot receiver. Um, he's a very explosive player. Um, he's, he can fill a number fulfill a number of different roles for Penn State in the passing game. You know, he can be a possession receiver, getting you know short passes on third downs. Um, he's also a home run threat. Uh, can score from really anywhere in the field. He's got uh, pretty legit speed. Um, he's their leading receiver. Uh, leads the team in receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, you name it. Um, he's probably one of the best receivers in the Big Ten, if not the country. Um, so you'll see him probably match up against uh, Chris Williams in the slot, and also would not be surprised if Antoine Winfield um, shadows him for most of the game. So he's going to be the guy that they're going to try and bracket and eliminate him from the passing game because he is by far their most explosive player. But uh, you're also going to need to keep an eye on where Fryermouth is in the formation because he's a guy that they're going to use all over the field. Um, just in their, la- I think, um, in their last game against Michigan State, he had three t- uh, receiving touchdowns, and I think on all three plays he was lined up at a different spot. Um, you know, he'll line up on the line of scrimmage with the offensive line. Um, you know, he'll be as an H back or even split out a wide receiver. So he's just a guy that they kind of use, kind of like Max Williams was used, uh, you know, a ways back under Jerry Kill. He's just a very um, athletic and dangerous tool in the passing game for them. Um, so, yeah, those two, to me, are are the big targets in passing game that the Gophers are going to have to keep, uh, keep attention on, which is what th- you'd think would be um, a good matchup because Minnesota's strength this year on defense has been their passing defense. I think they're 10th in the country and passing yards allowed per game. You know, they've got Chris Williamson back there, as I mentioned, Antoine Winfield Jr. Coney Durr has quietly been one of the best cornerbacks in the Big Ten, and, you know, I think on the blog here we're all fans of uh, Benjamin St. Juice. So it'll be a real strength versus strength matchup, which is also um, kind of the same on the other side of the ball. Um, so we'll see how um, this Minnesota secondary holds up against what's a pretty good um, Penn State passing game. The secondary is important, obviously, as you mentioned. It's a strength of Minnesota this season. But one of the things, looking with a mobile tight end, is that uh, they're going to be matched up against an outside linebacker. The likelihood that Kamal Martin will play is unclear. He seems to be practicing again, which is positive. But also, P.J. Fleck, historically, has never been particularly forthcoming when it comes to injuries. So assuming that Mariana Sorimorin or Braylon Oliver will take that spot seems reasonable how important do you think it will be on saturday for them to have a good game i, I think for the exact reasons that you said it's going to be important for them to have a good game just because Frymouth is uh, going to be the guy that's not always going to be split out wide receiver he's going to be coming out of the backfield and breaking out into the open field and the linebackers got to play heads up um and know their responsibilities there and i think one thing we saw earlier in the season with you know sorry marin specifically when he was playing for 
uh, Kamal the first two out of three games is you just he's very inexperienced and he just doesn't have kind of the football IQ that Kamal does or the experience that Kamal does to be able to recognize those types of plays. So um, I think both Braylon Oliver and uh, Sorry Marin played well uh, two weeks ago against Maryland, but you know Penn State's not Maryland. Uh, Maryland does have some playmakers, but I just don't think they have anybody um, in terms of execution and skill that Penn State has. So I think it'll be very important that um, they have a good game, especially with yeah, what Fryermouth brings to their offense. Of course, Penn State also has to play defense at some point. Hopefully, uh, Minnesota is scoring quite a bit, so Penn State's defense is on the field, and Minnesota is scoring quite a bit as a result. But who should Minnesota fans look out for on Penn State's defense? Question one. Question two, Penn State's defense looks very impressive from a statistical perspective, but it seems like they've played teams like Iowa and Michigan, whose offense is, uh, shall we say, suspect, at least statistically. How for real is Penn State's defense? You know, that, yeah, that's a great question. Because, uh, I mean, I looked at all the opponents that they've had at this point, and they, they really haven't faced uh, a good offensive team. You know, a lot of people, when they look at this matchup, say, oh, you know, Penn State, this is the first real team Minnesota's played. But I think, conversely, this is the best offense Penn State will have played all season. Uh, and it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, I talked um, on the other side of the ball about how Penn State's passing game was their strength matched up against Minnesota's strength on defense, which is their secondary Kind of the same story on this side, except it's, you know, Minnesota's rushing offense against the Nittany Lions' run defense. And this is one of the best run defenses in the nation. Um, I believe their S&P has them as, you know, the seventh-ranked defense in the country, and they're allowing, I think, an average of 68 rushing yards per game, Um, whereas, you know, the Gophers have averaged, you know, 300-some rushing yards through the last four games. So, and you know Kirk Shiraka is going to come out there and want to establish the run. So, to me, it's going to be interesting – whether they're able to do that because this is a very tough defensive front. I mean, I could be wrong there. I, I don't know that they faced a rushing offense like this up to this point. Um, but I think if you assume that those two things cancel each other out, this sets up to be a big game for Tanner Morgan and the Gover's wide receivers because I think um, the Ninny Land secondary is not quite as um, tight as their defensive front. I think there's definitely some opportunities to find some creases in the passing game. I know that their starting slot corner um, Donovan Johnson has missed all but two games this season. His backup got hurt um, a couple of games ago, and then his backup got hurt. Um, so they're a little thin in the secondary, and I think um, even when they've been healthy, they've allowed an average of, I think, 200 and some passing yards per game. So I think there will be some opportunities to, to carve them up. I know we haven't seen Morgan really sling at the past couple weeks, which is, I think, a product of the rushing offense. I mean, when you're rushing for, you know, six yards per carry, 300 yards per game, you're not going to pass the ball a ton. Um, we definitely know they can pass. And, I mean, we've got Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Chris Hobbin, Bell, um, which is a pretty for- formidable trio, I think. Um, actually, Pro Football Focus ranked them as like, the fourth-ranked receiving core in the country. So um, don't sell this team short. I think uh, this offense is very formidable, and I think that the Penn State defense is going to have their hands full. Um, I think it will also be an important game for Minnesota's offensive line because um, Penn State's pass rush is really kind of their bread and butter. Uh, they've got a pair of junior defensive ends. Uh, another name I'm going to mispronounce, I think it's Yatir Gross Matos and then Shaka Tony, and they've got a retro freshman, Jason Oe. Um, those three alone have combined for 15 sacks this season. Um, and the Minnesota offensive line has only allowed one sack over the last four games, which is pretty good compared to, I think, their first uh, three games, when which they allowed something like um, 10 or a dozen sacks. So... 
Um, it's a very interesting matchup. Uh, I think it could go either way, but uh, I'm looking. I'm hopefully looking forward to seeing th- them open things up from the passing game, um, just because we haven't seen that a ton the past couple weeks with how the rushing offenses work. But uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see how Kirk Shiraka attacks this defense, and I think he. Um, they interviewed him um, earlier today. This is being recorded on Wednesday, um, and he said, you know, this is a very special Penn State defense, since they're going to pose a lot of problems for us. So. Very curious to see the game plan, whether he really tries to stick to the run and see if they can find success there. I know um, oh, the game, Penn, one of the Penn State games I watched this year was the Michigan game, and the reason they had success running the ball was partly because of their defense was getting Penn State off the field. I think at one point they had Penn State, they had forced, I think, five consecutive three and outs, and the Penn State defense was just getting tired of being on the field constantly. And that's when, you know, there's some sloppy tackling and guys in the defensive line were just getting worn down. So I think it's going to be a game where Minnesota needs to play really well on both sides of the ball. And I think that the offense, if the defense can hold up their ideal, the offense should find some some running room and some open areas in the passing game. But uh, it will definitely be a challenge. The other point that I will make in part, because we will have some men on the ground and one man in the press box complaining bitterly that the press box is floor is not heated, is that it's distinctly plausible that it will snow on Saturday. Do you think that the weather will have a major effect on how Minnesota game plans against Penn State, or do you think, because we are from Minnesota and we are hardy and strong, that we will run the same game plan regardless? It's, it's tough to say. I know the last um, game where there was some type of inclement weather, I think, was Nebraska, and we saw Minnesota lean heavily on um, the rush game there. Um, it uh, I think maybe against Illinois there was a little wet with rain and the passing heat wasn't quite clicking, but um, I definitely think it's a case where they may feel things out if, if there is inclement weather that first quarter um, and see what's working and what's not. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't think um, Shiraka is going to let the circumstances dictate his, uh, his type of game plan unless things get really hairy. That seems reasonable. We will come back in a second to deliver Blake and Mai's previews for this game. Spoiler, we are homers and are pretty excited about what we will see on Saturday. But I would make two notes about the team before looking briefly at basketball. The first one, as Blake mentioned, is you have two teams that are in many ways quite talented, and it's arguable that neither one of them have played a particularly hard team this year. That's actually no slouch to Penn State, whose schedule has been better than Minnesota. Minnesota. As Blake recently wrote in a very serious and not at all satirical article, the NCAA is currently investigating Minnesota's schedule for the fact that they are 8-0. Go check that out on the blog. But it does mean that Minnesota has done the thing that you would expect a good team to do to bad teams, which is beat them quite badly over the last few weeks. And they've been getting timely plays from their defense and their running game is working really well against Penn State if I am looking for a specific matchup I will be very interested in whether or not Minnesota's offensive line can effectively establish outside zone the reason for this is that Penn State's got a lot of talented players on defense they have a lot of athletes and they have a lot of speed they've got speed everywhere if Minnesota is able however to establish that outside zone which implies that the offensive line is blocking well it will be 
much easier for Minnesota to control tempo, control the clock, and if particular, if the weather is bad, will allow Minnesota to, in essence, exert their will on Penn State's defense. I think if Minnesota is able to do that, the Gophers will have a lot of success on defense. Because of Penn State's really impressive wide receiving core, it will be even more incumbent on the front four to be able to generate pressure with little to no blitzes. Or if there is a blitz, it's a five-man rush and overloading one side of the line. Look in particular for Carter Coughlin to have to have a great game. I think that this may in fact be the first week in which officials will call holding uh, against the offensive player who is blocking him but if the Gophers are able to successfully harass Penn State's quarterbacks or get a Penn State's running back down in the backfield for negative plays or throwing out that will also be highly beneficial for the Gophers. Blake do you have a specific matchup that you are looking for beyond the ones that you already mentioned? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm just really looking forward to the, the you know the passing game, just seeing because that's something we just haven't seen a ton since the Purdue game. I think we're all impressed with how Tanner Morgan did and the wide receivers performed. And then the last, the last couple weeks, you know, they they've done enough um, to kind of open things up for the running game. But uh, I'm really just looking forward to seeing um, really the offensive line against Penn State's pass rush. We you know with the three defensive ends I mentioned, mentioned just to see because I think this will be their most formidable opponent that they faced up to this point. And I think we've all been impressed with how much the offensive line has improved over these last eight games. Um, I think this is just a test to see if it's if the, if that improvement is legitimate, if it's just been a product of the opponents. But uh, um, the, I mean, this game is going to be a test in every sense of the word. And I um, I think we're really going to find out how good this team is um, in all assets, all aspects. Absolutely. To briefly move to basketball, both the men's and women's basketball teams began their seasons over the past week. Unfortunately, both of those teams are not 1-0. The men's team beat Cleveland State. The women's team lost to Missouri State. Focusing briefly on the women for a second, uh, while losing to Missouri State is bad, Missouri State last year did make it to the Sweet 16, so it's not the worst loss uh, ever to begin a season, though it is certainly not a positive start. Minnesota still has to replace a lot of positions. They still are very weak in the post. Thank you once again, Marlene Stallings. I will probably be saying that for the next two years. I do, however, believe that one of the things that we will have to see going forward is whether or not Minnesota can establish some kind of consistent post presence. And I think looking for the rest of the non-conference, Lindsey Whalen's initial coaching job beyond integrating a bunch of new players will be to figure out if she can have a rotation that successfully can defend the post because otherwise Minnesota will be in deep trouble come Big Ten season. Alternatively, the men beat Cleveland State 85-50. to Cleveland State, famous mostly for a Jerry Tarkanian quote and not much else, uh, did not have anyone of particular talent that Minnesota played. The biggest notable, because no one was able to watch this as it was on BTN+, Plus, is that Minnesota shot a ton of threes. Marcus Carr, Gabe Kalsher, and Peyton Willis were regularly... Uh, launching it from deep. This is a change from previous years. If Minnesota is able, as they gel as a team in the non-conference, to successfully shoot the ball from distance, this will be a very interesting team because they can go four out and have Daniel Oturo on the inside. Daniel Oturo had another excellent start to his season. I suspect that if he continues that up, we will be thinking about him as an all-Big Ten candidate. The men's next game is on the 9th of November at 7 p.m. Central God's time on BTN, so you're in fact actually able to watch this as opposed to Cleveland State. As I mentioned before, Blake and I have no knowledge of hockey, so hopefully the hockey teams did well. We honestly have no idea. Yeah, I can confirm, uh, no clue. With that, 
let us now preview our preview. What do we think is our prediction for the biggest game Minnesota has played since certainly 2003, arguably substantially longer than that? Blake, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Uh, it's it, it's one of those games where it's hard to know if um, my prediction is what I think is going to happen or if uh, it, what if my prediction is you know what I think what I want to happen. Um, if that makes any sense, um, it's just hard to separate the two. Like you said, it's one of the probably the biggest game in the history of TCF Bank Stadium and the biggest um, game for the program in a very long time. You know, some people think back to 2000, 2003 Michigan, but to me, this, this seems very different. It seems a little bit more high stakes. Um, and probably a better Minnesota team, in my opinion, um, and a better opponent. Um, but honestly, I think Minnesota is going to win this game. I think it, the score that comes to mind is 24-28. I'd be very surprised if this is a, a blowout either way. Um, I think it's going to be a very close co- contest, very hard-fought game. Um, and I think these are two teams that don't very, make very many mistakes, and I think it's a, a situation where one team's going to make that one mistake that decides the game, um, and I think it's going to be Penn State that makes that mistake. I agree with Blake that I don't expect this to be a blowout, though it actually wouldn't surprise me if it's a blowout either way, in part because we will learn at the end of this game whether or not either of these teams are very much for real, and very much for real in this context means are a potential outside playoff contender before they both get smacked around by Ohio State and that dream dies. In this game, I think in part because of the weather, in part because, as Blake mentioned, these two teams do not make a lot of mistakes, and because I actually believe rather strongly in Penn State's defense, but I am more bullish on Minnesota's defense than I have otherwise. I predict this to be a low-scoring game because I am a homer. I predict that Minnesota will be 9-0 and as of Saturday, winning this game 17-14. to I hope that Blake and I are both right in that Minnesota wins, and as a homer, I hope they win by quite a bit. That would be fantastic. We are, however, very excited to watch this game regardless. If Again, if you are able to attend at TCF Bank Stadium, Blake and I would be very thrilled for you to go in our place since we are unable to. Make sure to wear maroon, and with that, go Gophers, Sky Yuma, row the boat. Go Gophers, row the boat.